Our Bible reading tonight is Psalm 104, verses 24 to 30. There are church Bibles in the back here down at the bottom and in the balcony as well. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. Brilliant. Thank you. Good evening. Hello. My name's Josh. Uh, I get the opportunity to chat a little bit about this passage, to expand it a bit. As Christians, we believe that the Bible is relevant and living and has truths to teach us today. We believe that God, we believe in God and that God is alive and speaks through his Bible. So we're going to have a little test of that, test its relevancy, chat about it a bit. I'm going to share with you some of the things I felt like God was saying to me about this passage and uh, we'll see if that can also apply to some people in here as well. And but before we do that, could you turn to somebody next to you, maybe even somebody that you don't know, terrifying, I know, and could you ask them, what was the last thing you created? Okay, you've got about 60 seconds. Make sure both of you get to answer. Go. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks for doing that. I, uh, I was with some friends over the weekend. Um, a couple of friends of mine have just had a baby. And very, uh, yeah, very cute. Um, he's called Henry. And uh, it's amazing to watch them try to be parents. Um, and I asked them this question last night. I said, you know, help me out. I'm trying to write this thing. And uh, what's the last thing you created? And Jerry, my friend, who's the father of this baby, said, well, if you smell Henry, you'll smell the last thing he created. <laughs> So I said, that's not, that's not really what I'm talking about, but thanks. Um, as Libby said, we're doing a sermon series uh, looking at the Holy Spirit. And as Christians, we really believe that the Holy, Holy Spirit is a really important part of our faith. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, part of who God is. It's the way that today we have an alive and active relationship with God. Without the Holy Spirit, Christianity is great moral teaching, good philosophy, interesting history, Bible stories, poetry, all that sort of stuff. But the Holy Spirit breathes it all into life and makes it real today. The Holy Spirit is God with us. If you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus and you believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you've asked the Holy Spirit to dwell within you, then that means the fullness of God lives within you. That means who God is. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives within you. There's a new life in you. Springs and waters of life are within you, as scripture says. So we're going to look at that over the course of this series. And this is the first night of that series. And we're looking at the spirit as a creator. The spirit of God as a creator. 
using Psalm 104. We're going to look at that. It's a famous psalm. German philosopher Johann Herder said it's worth spending 10 years learning Hebrew just so that you can read Psalm 104 in its original language. Observant Jews recite Psalm 104 every morning. Prince Philip commissioned a musical orchestration of Psalm 104 for his 75th birthday. It was also then performed and recited at his funeral. Psalm 104 is rich, talking about what God has done and how he's created. It speaks of the Lord wrapping himself in light like a garment and making the clouds like a chariot. It's majestic. It's awesome. Verses 24 to 30, our passage this evening, hone in on its central message, that the Spirit of God is a creator. We're going to use verse 30 as our roadmap. So have verse 30 pulled up on your phone, or if you've got a physical Bible in front of you, have it in front of you, use that as the roadmap. We're going to start with, when you send your Spirit... They are created. The Spirit of God is a creator. Psalm 104 reminds us that the Spirit of God created all things. It's actually a mirror image of the creation story, which we find in Genesis 1 and 2. Verse 5 of Psalm 104 says that God set the earth on its foundations. Verse 10 says he makes springs pour water into ravines to flow between mountains. Verse 19 says he made the moon to mark the seasons and told the sun when to go down. Verse 23 says he tells the sun when to rise again so people could work and labor into the evening. Probably not our favorite part of the things that he created. He even says in verse 14 that he makes grass grow. Bob Marley. You know where I'm going with this. Would cite Psalm 104, verse 14 regularly to condone the use of marijuana. In Genesis, we see God making the heavens and the earth. The Word of God, which is what we understand to also be Jesus. When we read John 1, it talks about the Word of God becoming flesh and moving into the neighborhood. So we've got God making the heavens and the earth, the word of God that is Jesus, and the spirit of God all walking, all working together to form and speak and breathe into life all things. It says the spirit of God hovered over the waters at the beginning of creation. The spirit of God breathed into the nostrils of humanity to breathe them into life. The ruach of God, that's the Hebrew word for spirit, the breath, the wind of God. Psalm 104 echoes all of this. The Spirit of God is a creator. So what kind of creator does it tell us he is? Well, firstly, he's transcendent. He's vast. He's almighty. He's above all things. His ways and his thoughts are higher. He's all-powerful, almighty, awesome. He speaks, and creation comes into being. He stands as king over all things. No one is like him. He is the Lord of lords. He knows every grain of sand, every hair on your head, every star in the sky. He merely said, let there be light, and all of the universe, with all of its galaxies, was breathed into life. 
He is awesome, above, transcendent. But is he the kind of creator that sits back and watches his creation unfold yet remains out of touch? Maybe to some of us. A kind of cosmic watchmaker setting every cog and moving every part in place, yet when the casing is closed, he sits back and lets it run all on its own. Is that the kind of transcendent creator that God is? Not according to this psalm. Here it says, all creation still looks to him to give them their food. It says he feeds them and satisfies them with his own open hand. Verses 27 to 28 says that he doesn't just create things, he sustains things. The Spirit of God is not just a distant, transcendent creator, but an imminent one also. He is close, intimate, involved. One of the names for God in the Old Testament is Emmanuel, God with us. He's close enough to touch, to encounter, to experience. That's the kind of God this is. The Spirit of God is the kind of creator that reaches out his hand for us to feed from, for us to be sustained by. He's both transcendent and imminent. Let's pause. You need to know, and I need to know, that he is both. We have to know that. It's not either or. Sometimes in some seasons we need to know one characteristic more than the other, but both are true always. He is transcendent, above and awesome. He is imminent, close and intimate. When I think about Russia and Ukraine, or Syria, or Korea, or China, or the Democratic Republic of the Congo, or the climate crisis, or the refugee crisis, or global slavery and human trafficking, when another political pamphlet comes through my letterbox and I need to work out who's going to solve the many vast issues our nation is facing, with rising living costs, the poor getting poorer, a struggling healthcare system, thousands of children without homes because they're in care. When these issues come to mind, I need a God who is transcendent. I need a God who is awesome and above it all and able to hold it all and bring peace to all and sustain all. I need a God greater and bigger than me because I need solutions bigger than that which I can come up with. I can't solve all of the stuff that rips my heart apart when I turn on the news or stresses me out, or angers me. I can't solve that stuff on my own. I can make a difference, I can influence it, and I believe I'm called to, but I'm just me. I need a God who is bigger. I need a God who is transcendent. But when I'm lonely, when I'm bereaved, bereft, bewildered, bemused, when I'm lost, when I'm hurt, when I'm selfish, when I've made a mistake, when I've screwed it all up again, when I didn't just make a mistake, when I chose to do something that would make a mess, when I'm low, 
and I'm lowly and I'm vulnerable and weak and poor in spirit. I need a God who is imminent. I need a God who is close. I need a God who is intimate, that I can reach out and touch his hand. I need a God I can encounter. I need a God whose voice I can listen to. I need a God who will stand beside me and weep with me and carry me and sit with me. You need both of these characteristics from God. You can't spend your whole life believing in the King of Kings who's all the way up there. Whilst all the while down here you struggle and fumble and trip and fall. God didn't leave you in the lurch. He's close. He wants to be closer. But you can't just believe in Jesus as your friend and your comforter and your guide. Because he's also a warrior and a creator. He also stands above it all and he's all powerful and almighty. You can put your trust in him in an age where you can't trust in any leader. You can trust in him. So let's take two minutes. And if you want to, I'd like you to, either on your phone or whatever way that you want to take notes, I want you to make two lists or draw two circles or whatever, however you want to design it. But I want you to write two lists One area where you need God to be imminent. You need him to be close. There's something going on today, right now. Even within the last hour of your life, you need God to be close and intimate. And then I want you to write where you need God to be transcendent. You need him to be bigger. You need him to be above it all. You're not sure where this is going or what's going to happen with that, but you trust in a God who is bigger. And it's okay if one list is longer than the other. That's okay if one list is longer than the other because we go through seasons where one list is longer than the other. But God is always both. You might be sitting here and thinking, I don't believe in a God who does either, who is either or could do either. You can still have a go. Have a go at this. Let's imagine a world where there is a God who is transcendent and is imminent. Write down where you want him to be bigger and write down where you want him to be closer. Two minutes. God is transcendent and God is imminent. He's not a creator who created all things and sat back and watched it all fall to pot. He's right in the middle of it all. And it's quite painful to write those lists, actually, I think, because you really have to dig into the things that you're passionate about, which are the things that really grab you. And it means that you have to dig into the things that are affecting you personally. The doubts that you have, the anger that you hold, the questions, the fears, the hurts, the wounds, the losses. You just spent two minutes writing those lists and I'm going to spend 
very quickly, 30 seconds. I just want to quickly pray for those lists. And again, if you just had a go at this and you're not really sure if you believe any of it, that's okay. You can close your eyes, keep them open, whatever you want to do. But I'm just going to quickly pray. Father God, it says, it promises in your word and it displays in your word that you are a God who is awesome and mighty. You are able to hold the biggest and heaviest things. You can hold even death and not let that sway you. You were described as a peacemaker. So even in times of war, you can bring peace. In times of crisis, you are a refuge. You see all and hold all and love all. But God, you were also close and intimate and you proved that also. And Jesus, I just pray for all of the things that we've listed, great and small, things outside of our lives and things directly in the middle and the center of our lives, the things that feel like they're taking over our lives, big or small. And Jesus, we declare together as a community that we need to see the loving creator spirit in both of those lists. And we believe, we take a step of faith in believing that you are a God who longs to reach out your hand and meet us in those places. They may not look like how we want them to look. They may not change as quickly as we want them to change. They may not be affected like we think they will be affected. But we have a hope in you who is good and faithful always. Amen. Okay, so when you send your spirit, they are created. When you send your spirit, you renew the face of the ground. Verse 30 again, that's the second part of verse 30. You renew the face of the ground. The spirit of God is not just a creator who sustains his creation, transcendent and imminent. He is also a re-creator. God renews the face of the ground. That word renew is kordash in Hebrew. It means he rebuilds, he restores, he repairs, he reclaims, he makes new, he recreates. You see, we no longer live in the age of the creation story. We don't even live in the age when the psalm was written. We live in the age of recreation. It's an age that began around AD 30, when the Word of God became flesh and began the fulfillment of that promise that God made to his people that the psalmist alludes to, that he will renew the face of every ground, every territory, every circumstance, every life, all of the earth that he will turn that which is dust into life, that which is broken, he will repair, that which is damaged, he will restore, that which has crumbled and fallen down, he will rebuild, that which has been robbed or wayward will be reclaimed, as it says in Revelation at the very end of the Bible in verse 21, he will make all things 
new. You and I are included. We are the all things he is making new. An age that meets its crescendo at the death and resurrection of Jesus. The word of God wrapped up in flesh. So the crescendo of our renewal, of our recreation, will also be in the resurrection of our bodies and our world. He is recreating all things. You know, it says in the Psalms that I am beautifully and wonderfully made. Yet I have such a great capacity to make things ugly and not so wonderful. We as people can take what God created and we can tear it apart and let it fall. Life itself can rob us of our beauty and deprive us of our wonder. But there is hope. The Spirit of God doesn't just create and sustain. He recreates and he repairs. It doesn't matter what kind of a mess you've made of the beauty that he gave you. It doesn't matter what kind of a mess that we are making of the world. It doesn't matter what kind of a mess that life is making of you. He can recreate it. He is recreating it. Perhaps this is the characteristic of our creator that you need the most today, tonight. We can try on our own to recreate ourselves and our situations, and we can get far, but it's folly. Self-help, self-care, self-affirmation, self-empowerment, it's good. It's good. Some of this stuff is good. You know, working out is good. Eating healthily is good. Friends are good. Therapy is good. Doctors are good. Vaccines are good. All this sort of stuff, good. But it's not great. It's like dust displacement. Our passage talks about things returning to dust without the face of God shining upon them. It's dust displacement. We're just putting off the eventuality. Never substitute great for good. You know, the beginning of Psalm 104 says, The Lord is very great. When we just spend all of our time in self help and self care, it might amount to much in the short term, but it's going to do little in the long term. Never believe you could care for yourself greater than your Creator can. He longs to renew the face of your life and your circumstances. And we know that it's now and it's not yet. That the promise has been fulfilled in Jesus and it's being fulfilled. We are being made new and we are made new. There's a tension. I'm not saying that come believe in Jesus and all your problems disappear. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that when you follow Jesus... And you ask for his spirit to come and live within you. You get the spirit that created all things. That reigns transcendent and imminent. You get that spirit within you. The person of who God is within you. And that spirit brings you renewal. Brings you hope. And it's invited freely to be given to you today. All you need to do is ask. 
There might be things that change in an instant. There might be sicknesses that heal. And that does happen. God does do that. But God is bigger. And sometimes God doesn't do that. But God is always good. As it says at the beginning of 104, Psalm 104, God is really great. So, I'd like to pray for us. And I'd like to pray for some of the stuff that we've spoken about. And then we're going to move into a time of worship, a time of communion, a bit more time of prayer and stuff. But what I want you to be thinking about going into this week is I want you to know, as the psalm has reminded us, that God is the creator who created all things. He's awesome. He's vast. But he's also the creator that sustains you, that is close, that is intimate, that is reaching out his hand to you. And for your tomorrows, I want you to know that he's the God that will renew you and will renew you and will renew you and will renew you. He does not give up. He does not stop. He is making all things new. And he won't stop. He is relentless to the very end of the age. Why don't we stand? And you can close your eyes. I like to close my eyes when I pray. It helps me just really focus on what God might be saying or doing. It shuts out distraction. Makes me take it seriously. But you can do whatever you like. There's nothing holy in it. You could hold out your hands. You keep them in your pockets. You can stay seated, whatever. But let's pray. Jesus, you said one of your, some of your last words here on this earth before you went back to be with the Father. As you said, it's better that you go so that the advocate can come in your place. The advocate, the one who fights for me. The comforter, the one who is close. The Spirit of God. And Jesus, we know that that Spirit of God is a creator, passionate about making new things. And we know that that Spirit of God is a sustainer, keeping those things alive and thriving. And we know that that Spirit is a recreator, not just making things, but making things new, repairing Jesus, we explored a load of things really quickly. Big lists of stuff that we need to see you big in. Big lists of stuff that we need to see you close in. Talked about repairing and rebuilding. Father, I ask that right now you highlight one thing. One thing in everybody's mind and hearts right now. Immediately, one thing. And Father, whilst we're holding that in our minds, we offer that to you right now. And we say, Spirit of God, come and recreate this thing. Come be transcendent. Come be imminent. Come do what only you can do. Spirit of God, we pray. Might be something personal to us. Might be something distant from us. Might be something big. Might be something small. Might be something age old. Might be something fresh. 
But it's nothing you can't hold, nothing you can't breathe your ruach, the breath of life into. So come now, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. We put our trust in you. Maybe for the first time, maybe not. But we believe you are good. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.